Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. How are you, Angela? I'm doing good. Great. We're, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit more about, about practicing when to intervene and when to let the, let the play continue. Uh, Angela talked last episode about an experience at Timber Nook with uh, kids bringing wood pallets up into the ropes, uh, up in the trees. Um, where do we, you got another example, Angela? Let's talk more about this. Yeah, absolutely. So another, it's funny because just yesterday must have been the perfect, all the things, all the stars aligned to give you examples. <laughs> so we, so super icy right now at Timberland. Uh -huh. So we have like, um, eh, I don't know, crusty snow that's slippery. And so one thing that we try to do too is eliminate hazards when possible. So we, you know, put sand out to, in order to get to Timberland. And, um, but we also realized that it's probably not a good idea to allow the kids to go sledding because there's trees and you know, like they're just going to go so fast. Yeah. So we did. Um, I'm trying to think of what we did yesterday for, we did ice play yesterday. So they had different colored ice and luges and like, uh, you know, different things they can send ice down. We have, and we have a pond area that was frozen over so they could ice skate, um, uh, with their boots on. And, um, we wanted to have the sled so that the kids could carry bricks around, carry ice and, and, um, you know, transfer things around the woods, but we didn't want them to sled on them just because of safety. Mm -hmm. So we told them that they could have the sleds, but not for sledding. And they respected that they did a really good job with bringing it right. We just had one kid <laughs> try to a couple of times. That, so that was the time I intervened, right? So he was trying to sled with it. And I just said, Oh, remember we are, we're not using sleds for sledding. And so we, you can use it to you know, carry things around. And so he did, he listened. And then all of a sudden these, a bunch of little ones. So we have ages four to nine, which is fun. There's a big mixture of ages out there, but these, the tiny ones, like three and four year olds, all a bunch of them went to the hill and they decided to go on their bellies or feet first. They started feet first because uh -huh. that was like what they felt safe doing. But they slid down the hill without without, without a sled. the sled. Without the sled. And I loved it because I was like, and they were able to put their hands out and control themselves. So I sat um, maybe about 10 feet from them. And so, cause that's a risk that's now they're starting to do some risk taking and to, I felt like they're being, it was appropriate risk taking and they were following the rules. And again, there was more friction. So they weren't going as fast. So it was really cute. So they started going by taking turns and they all went with their feet first. And then of course, cause you want to make it more exciting. Um, yeah. some started to go together. So they would like, hold on to each other. <laughs> they were sledding. <laughs> and then we had chains of all the, like all the little ones. So there was like 10 of them all holding on together, <laughs> sliding down the hill. And then some decided to go on their belly and then they were running into each other. And so we, um, I, probably mentioned once or twice to one little boy that was like really slamming, like trying to slam hard. And, and he was like, on. so I just said, be mindful of the children around you. And then, you know, that was enough for him. But for the most part, because they were able to control their bodies and they were laughing and just watching the faces, making sure they were safe, there was no issue. And so that was an instance where 
we con had to con we controlled the environment by not allowing sleds because uh -huh. that was super unsafe. <laughs> like, and but uh, um, you know, allowing them to do risk taking through sledding on their bodies. And it, it it also occurs to me that you use proximity as a way to intervene. Um, in the last episode, you talked about the kids in the trees with the pallets and the ropes and, and Steve moving closer. And in, in this example, you talked about how close you were. So I'm guessing at Timbernook, if the adult is, is 20 foot away, things are pretty cool. Oh, if they're yeah. 10 foot away, uh, maybe there's some concern here. And yeah. if they're close enough, they can reach out and grab you, then it might be a little bit, a little bit riskier or more hazardous. And so um, that, that, that's kind of a piece of this, huh? Yes, absolutely. Yep. And so in, in classrooms or, or out in the playground, um, early learning people can, can use that proximity because, because what the research seems to indicate is that children's play changes when adults are nearby. And I, I talk about this a lot. You know, I ask people to remember when they were kids and, you know, they're like in the, in the living room or their room playing with friends and, and then an adult walks in. How did their play change? And what I hear a lot is, well, we just stopped because we assumed we were doing something wrong or we started playing, quote unquote, right. Um, and so I think one thing that early learning programs could do to be more supportive of play is to in the moments where everything seems cool and calm and you've assessed the situation to step back a little bit more but as oh, yeah. angela is saying in those moments where where there is the possibility of concern that you need to be able to be close and react that you just you just bring yourself physically a little bit closer and over time that becomes a signal to the kids that just in your proximity on its own becomes a signal that they're there maybe they should be chill out, maybe pay a little bit closer attention or something, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so important to allow those opportunities because that's where they're so invested in what's happening, <laughs> you know, like with the, the pallets yeah. or in the sledding, like they, it was, there's so much joy and excitement around it. They're so invested and they were really, um, really thinking it through like this, this isn't safe. Let's do this. Let's, you know, so to allow those opportunities, is, there's huge value to it. Yeah. And I, I, it, 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 you took away the sleds for safety reasons and that four-year-old or whatever, and you can never be inside somebody's head completely, but I'm imagining, well, I really want to go down this hill, but I don't have a sled. How can I make that work? Yes. Um, laying down and going face first on my belly seems a little bit too scary, but if I sit down and slide, that's manageable because I can put my arms out. And so, so kids find workarounds when we do build in those, those valid adult reasons to step in and they figure, they figure out to do a, a safer version of the thing they want to do. Is that kind of what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super creative and um, yeah. And I wanted to promote that too. Like they're being, they're being really aware. Um, I mean, for the majority of the time, there's always going to be some kids that make mistakes, but that's also a learning opportunity when they make a mistake and realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. I got going a little bit yeah. too fast. That kind of, they're, yeah, they got right. their, their arms in, <laughs> yeah, they got the streamlined body suits, uh, like the Olympians. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's amazing. And, and so how long did that play go on? They must've done that for at least 45 minutes just sliding down the hill, maybe an hour um, for a long time. 
and, and, and that's and, delightful. I, I, I maybe a, a future topic is is how we talk about how kids don't have attention spans for things anymore until they get involved in something that they are really interested in doing and have some ownership over, and and then they they can spend literally an hour or more at, at those things. Oh, absolutely. Any other thoughts on on this this uh, specific example before we wrap this one up? No, I think that's I think that's good. Should we, do you have another one for do you have have another one in your in your book of your list of examples for yeah, we can next do time? One more. Sure. Okay, we're going to be back with another episode with another example and some more discussion on when to step in and when to kind of let things run their course with the children. This has been Timbernook Tips. Back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timbernook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timbernook for more Angela visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.